Welcome to episode 309 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. It is Monday morning and it is the day after what is easily and was easily the worst Super Bowl in NFL history. It, it, it's hard to even describe how bad that game was. We're going to talk a little bit about that because uh, there was a Super Bowl commercial in the Super Bowl, which we'll talk about. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the pinball news going on in the world. And just my overall assessment of uh, some of the things I've been hearing, because we're in that period now, between now and TPF, where it's a little bit of a downtime, so we're going to have to be extra entertaining uh, to keep your interest in, in this pinball podcast. So let's just talk about the game for a minute. And in general, uh, this defensive battle, if you will, on one of the worst sort of Super Bowl performances I've seen on both sides of the ball, it just, it just the whole game just sort of sucked. From, from beginning to end. I mean, so I was laughing because at halftime, the score of the Super Bowl was Maroon 5, Patriots 3, Rams 0. I mean, you're just like sitting there waiting for some action to happen, but you don't want to hear me talk about the whole game. Um, I'll say this, though, and, and I'll, then I'll talk about the Super Pinball ad. Um, it was cool seeing the Stella I, I, Artois idea there on the big stage, uh, but I'll say this about in general, right? I think we live in an era now era where it's just like stuff's not entertaining anymore it's, it's so much stuff is being forced into this like realm of uh, political correctness and social good right every spot has to be about like female empowerment or like google spots where it, how how blatantly clear is it where google's trying to pander to both sides right the far left and the far right so the far left spot was all about like translating languages all over the world where, you know, people are getting along everywhere in every language and every culture. So that's like your far left spot. And then your far right spot is appealing towards military veterans, you know, and it's just, I don't know, working in marketing, I sort of see through it all that all this stuff is just created. It's all manufactured. It's all arbitrary. Like, do you really believe that Amazon Alexa is like a good thing? It's spying on all of us. It's terrifying. I actually talked to a a, a, a lawyer who, who deals in AI law, and they have permission to listen in on everything going on if you have one of those in your home. And I do. I was like, well, I didn't know that. Yep. Anyway, but let's talk about not the boring game. Let's not talk about the boring Maroon 5 performance. Let's talk about... Let's talk about the super ad, which I think I said on a previous podcast, you know, you would never see pinball in marketing because it's so niche. And there we have it. The new Toyota Supra firing out of a, of a, of a shooter lane into a pinball machine where the car is drifting around pop bumpers and targets. And it's like, it's like drifting over the letters to spell the word Supra, S-U-P-R-A. There was no wizard mode. There were no ramps. Uh, I think I did see a little bit of uh, um, chipping on the play field. Uh, and there was definitely a mechanism in that game uh, that looked like they had, a, you know, someone with some good pinball skill designing it. Now, it, it, what, so, okay, what do I think of that spot? First and foremost, I'm a car enthusiast. So if you're a car enthusiast, you've already, you've already realized that this new Toyota Supra is just a, a BMW wearing... A, a different clothes. This car was designed by BMW. It's a BMW engine. You're not happy about it. This is not the iconic return of the Toyota Supra. This is just a BMW Z4 
that was given to Toyota to like make a little adjustments to. So there's that, which you don't care about if you don't like cars. The spot itself was all right. You know, all things considered, I thought that uh, a spot like that that's just trying to show me an exciting car doing what it's supposed to do without any greater good happening, I thought was really neat. Uh, the pinball wizard song from the who playing really cool it was definitely one of the neater spots i mean people in the room seemed to enjoy it my favorite spot of the night was the planters spot with charlie sheen i thought that was really funny i think super bowl you know it should be about like 30 seconds of making you laugh out loud i didn't see like much of any of that and i even thought like the bud light game of thrones ad that i knew was happening but then when i saw it i kind of felt like it fell flat like i didn't realize if it was a a Bud Light spot or a spot for the new Game of Thrones series or which one was it supposed to be? It was kind of confusing that the Bud Knight, you know, he is dead now. I think they're moving on from that. Uh, but overall, overall, I have to say it was about like three and a half hours of my life that I wish I, I could get back. The only thing I regret is I was going to bet on the Patriots. I was going to bet like a, a decent amount of money, but can you imagine having money riding on that game last night and having to suffer through it? and have money on the line it would have been even worse it wouldn't have been worth it i don't think so anyway let's let's move on from uh the super bowl super bowl conversation because again it was just so bad uh i want to talk about jersey jack and i want to talk about jersey jack is now going around and whenever he's interviewed he keeps on saying the same thing and i want to discuss this he keeps on saying that two games are going to be revealed in 2019 Now, notice he says the words revealed. He doesn't say two games will ship. And if you don't think that's a huge difference, you haven't been following the Jersey Jack saga over the years. I call it a saga because Jersey Jack has always been a sort of a a strange company for me to figure out. I think they're always trying to make a great pinball machine. And I think they are always almost right on it in terms of creating a hit. But we know that if there's one thing that most people have experienced with Jersey Jack, it's that he reveals a game and then he ships it God knows when. Sometimes the the game that was actually revealed and shipped the the quickest was dialed in. And I think even then, I want to say there was about a six-month pause between reveal at TPF and games actually making it out the door later in the summer. But that was that's the best they've done. So if you think about it, the best Jersey Jack Pinball has ever done in terms of revealing a machine and then getting it on the line, getting it built, and getting it to customers has been about six months' time. We all know that Pirates of the Caribbean, the last penny released one year later. Okay, so if we follow history, if we follow what they've done in the past, If he's going to reveal two games this year, that most likely means that only one will ship. Okay, so what is so then why would you reveal two? Uh, And and I guess the question we always have on this show, and this is the one thing I don't understand with Jersey Jack. Why can't you look at how Stern does it? You reveal a machine and you ship it to customers within a couple months of the reveal because we all know that people's interest wanes over time and you're not going to create the same sort of hype and must buy as you do with Stern. 
okay? Got to get that money locked in. And we, we talk a lot about how Pirates of the Caribbean, if it had shipped closer to Expo in 2017, the sales probably would have been twice as good. I think there's no denying that if you look at the excitement. All right, but here's the other thing that I don't get about Jack. And, and, and I look, I've met Jack. I think Jack is a good guy. And I think Jack has a role within that company. But the role within that company is not marketing. The role within that company is not communications. And here's why I think it's completely inane that Jack is going around and saying, we're going to reveal two new games this year. And I'll I'll explain why. They need to sell Pirates of the Caribbean right now. And Jack always does this. He cuts the legs off of the game that's available now. And he gets you waiting for the next game or he reveals the next game. And so then you just wait for it and you don't buy the one that's currently available on the line. The only game Jack can make money on, the only game he can really make your money on is the game that is on the line today. And and I don't understand. I want to just drive over there today or tomorrow. It's going to be a nice nice day weather-wise. I could get the demon there pretty quickly. Why would you start going around instead of hyping Pirates of the Caribbean? That is the only thing he should be talking about right now. Jersey Jack's communication strategy in February of 2019 should be Pirates, Pirates, Pirates. He should have a list of key messages when he talks about, like, here's why I'm here. We delayed this game. We took longer than we wanted to, but I'm going to tell you why. And if you read people who open up the game and play it, they're they're telling you why as well. We have made this game so much better than when we revealed it at Expo 2017. We know it took a year, but you are never going to see a game out of box with code this deep, with a play experience this good. And we're just asking you one thing, give it a try. If you give this game a try and you think it's not for you, you know, we'll give you, you know, your money back. Something, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't have to do some sort of like Honda assurance on it. But you know what I'm saying? He should be touring this game and really promoting it Instead, he's saying, we're going to reveal two new games. And what does that do? What does that do if you're a pinball enthusiast, a pinball fan? It makes you stop and say, well, if that's the case, then I might as well just wait. Because there's no reason to rush and get a Pirates of the Caribbean because they're going to make a thousand LEs. And we all know Jack is going to make another LE version. So I'll just wait. And then he's telling me, well, the next game is from Pat Lawler. This is what he's telling people right now. The next game is from Pat Lawler. Well, fuck, then I'm definitely going to wait because I think, A, Pat has learned his lesson with Dialed In, so he's going to come out of the gates with a licensed-themed game, which we, I think, is know is Toy Story. And so why would I go buy Pirates of the Caribbean? I know that the rumored pins are Guns N' Roses, Wonka, and Toy Story, three titles of which people would rather own than Pirates. See, Jack's problem now is he's once again creating an environment in which he's destroying his sales. He's destroying his ability to be profitable because here is what is we all know is going to happen. He's going to probably, if he reveals something at TPF, do you really think that game's going to ship anytime before like August? So then what happens is this. The game's not ready to ship. The game's not on the line. They have not tooled up for the new game. They reveal it to get excitement back into the company. But then where there's no excitement is for Pirates of the Caribbean. It is now the redheaded stepchild of his lineup. It once He once again destroys the sales of the game that's available. He did the same thing to a game called Dialed In. Do you remember what happened? Dialed In 
became the most award-winning game at the Twippies last time around. There's a reason why Dialed In got so much accolades, but here's the problem is right when Dialed In, I think, was starting to sort of gain some momentum, Jack drops Pirates of the Caribbean on everybody, and all the momentum shifts towards that game, and then he could never shift it back to Dialed In. And say what you will, yeah, there probably are some just glaring problems with Dialed In, mainly the theme, mainly the call-outs, and that stupid SIM card shot that nobody can hit. That's like the dirty little Achilles heel of that game. If you listen to people talk about dialed in, the most frustrating thing is there's a shot in the game that you have to hit that you can hit with, with skill. That 90% of the time, it, it takes a random like ricochet to get into that SIM card shot. And, and I think that was a huge mistake. And then you had all the issues with like the cliffies and whatnot and whatever. And the theme and the artwork and the guy wearing like mom jeans. There, you could go down a laundry list of I think everything that went wrong with dialed in uh, still a, a really great pinball experience but the desire to own it is not there and i think a lot of you feel the same way so are we going to see jack in 2019 completely fumble this again and how many chances does he get to understand how very easy it is to market launch and sell and make profit in pinball he should be at the point now where he's got this shit, no pun intended, dialed in. As a company, as a leader, he needs to figure out how to get this thing together. It's not hard. I've never seen an industry where it really is pretty simple to follow the leader. How hard is it to follow what Stern does? Jack's got everything he needs to be successful. The only thing he doesn't have is common sense when it comes to how he markets and reveals these games. It's commonsensical. It's commonsensical. See, what what we don't know, and this is the part that always makes it difficult to understand what's really going on behind the scenes at, at Jersey Jack Pinball. The reason I heard he showed Pirates so early on wasn't because he wanted to do that. It's because his billionaire investor was getting tired and Jack had to show him that there was going to be interest in the next title because he was getting ready to pull the plug. Now, I don't know this for sure. Someone should interview that billionaire investor. Get him on the show. This guy really is the one who's calling the shots over there. You really think Jack is calling the shot? I mean, I don't even think Jack is calling the shots. He seems to be more like a salesman, like a car salesman versus like someone who's really making the business decisions over there at Jersey Jack. But if I could implore Jack to do one thing, it would be to not go down this road in 2019. It's, it's not, you know, the, the selfish pinball fan who just wants to see everything new. Yeah, that's exciting. But do you want to see Jersey Jack succeed or fail? They will fail if they do another round of this crap where they make you wait six months a year to get the game out. It, there's, there's, just no, there's just no way you can survive in this pinball oversaturated marketplace with that kind of strategy. All right? All right. Well, let's see what happens. We know that they're fucking up. If they come to TPF and reveal a game, and then when you ask, well, when is it going to ship? If he doesn't say there, it's on the line now, right? It's on the line now. Then we know, then we know that we're in, we're in for another fucking ride. When does Stern reveal the monsters? When? When it's already on a boat heading to Europe, already on the line. They 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 literally do not. Like I said it. They do not pull this shit. 
And I think Jack's going to pull this shit again. And I, I don't have to tell you people. I, I just think he's, he's killing his own company. Nobody is killing Jersey Jack Pinball but the decisions that that company makes itself. And so he's telling people that it's a Pat Lawler game and then an Eric game next. So that sounds like Toy Story and then Wonka. I don't know. I also think, I don't I don't know. I don't know who's, who's lead design. It flips, flops back and forth. I heard Eric was on Wonka. Uh, so, and uh, we know Pat was working on Toy Story for sure. All right, so what else is going on in pinball? There's a Deadpool topper that's out. Cool, awesome, thank you. Why does it take so long to get these toppers out? What, what, I, I've said it before. Stern needs a topper division. You why why when did Deadpool come out? Can someone remind me? Deadpool July August right? Okay, isn't that right? Came out before like yeah. So let's see. So Deadpool comes out in the summer, and the topper comes out six months later. Tell me how that makes sense. A little piece of plastic that just gets thrown on top. You'd think they would want these accessories available. Uh, during the game launches so that people could buy them when they're the most excited to own the games. But nope, that's not the case. All right, anything else going on in the pinball world? So another thing that I've been reading a lot about is uh, Chicago Gaming Company. And we don't hear too much about Chicago Gaming Company because they're making remakes and we all got excited when we saw Monster Bash remake. But there's one thing that keeps following this company around a little bit like a dark cloud. And if you go into the thread, you can read the story. And I'm, I'm going to try and paraphrase the best I can on this show. But the one thing that keeps becoming the big question mark with this company is quality. So what is the quality of these games? How good are these remakes? And we know they're sexy looking. We know they've got that beautiful display, which I think is the perfect all you need display for pinball. By the way, if you listen to my last master episode, don't worry. Don't don't not listen to it because you think it's going to be a slow voice like Snoke from Star Wars. It's not. It's just me talking and reading what my master said. And I think he was 100% spot on. And I and I think the displays in pinball have sort of destroyed w- the magic on the playfield and if you look at Chicago Gaming, I think what they've done is the absolute all you need to ever do to have an awesome display, make pinball look more new and modern, but still maintain like the reality of what this is. It's it's a game where you're looking down 95% of the time. And there's too much going on on these modern screens where you never even have a chance to look up. So anyway, so at Chicago Gaming, we know they've got that. We know they've you know, improve some things here and there, but there's also just quality issues that are that are head scratching. Whether it's playfield wear issues, where they have to put decals over areas of the playfield that people are concerned about, whether it's not having the right kind of protectors for certain areas of the of the playfield, and now the new thing I'm seeing is that the cabinets are actually splitting on some of the games, and there's like a a, a seam or a crease that starts to develop on the game. Uh, on on sort of like the right and left side of the cabinets and you can kind of see it through the decal and and people are sharing that as well now some people's games are opening up like that new in box others are developing after they own the game but that seems to be the latest sort of a little bit of a headache for Chicago Gaming Company is whenever something that happens with the cabinet it's never an easy fix 
Uh, maybe they'll send out new decals. So we're, we're just sort of monitoring this to see how it goes. For the most part, I, I think people are, are enjoying their Monster Bash remakes. The Ellie's have been uh, really slow in getting out the door. I, I think they're another company that, uh, you know, manufacturing just seems to always be the problem. And, we, you know, they wanted to reveal that game at TPF 2018. And look how long it took them to actually get people their games. I mean, for the most part, their, their plans are almost a year off from what they intended them to be. Okay, so another example of how making pinball is not easy. And speaking of making pinball is not easy, Deep Root, when? When will it happen? There is a... Uh, there is growing expectation for this company that does the do the expectations of Deep Root increase or decrease with each month? It's almost like we're moving towards a target. We don't quite know what it is. We don't quite know what the destination is. We've heard a lot of promises. Well, we know for a fact something's not going to happen. When Robert said we're going to ship more games than any manufacturer has ever shipped in 2019, we can almost guarantee that that will not be the case. There, there's just no way they will ship more games than Stern does in a year. And so I think they're going to sort of start dialing down a lot of that rhetoric and hyperbole. It just makes no sense. We know that the, there's only one date that they for sure supposedly have to hit from a legal standpoint and that is the the june date in which i don't know the exact date in june in which they must deliver a product to the zidware customers that agreed to not sue and become part of the new sort of john papaduke zidware sort of deep root product that was, I don't even know if I just made sense there. Okay, let me go back and try to say that in English. You signed a contract that said, we will deliver you a game. You got like 50 cents to the dollar. So if you got, if you had a Magic Girl, they were going to give you, you know, 50 cents to the dollar on, on, on a new Deep Root game, or you would be delivered a Deep Root version of Magic Girl, uh, and you get like Deep Root credits. So that's what that deal was. Now, I think like half the Magic Girls did where people didn't even take the deal, but those who did, are contractually obligated to get those games. Now, I don't know what happens if they don't live up to their end of the bargain. Like, So then what do those people do? I mean, think about it. They, they really have no power and no leverage. It's not like if Deep Root doesn't deliver by that June date, these guys are going to get together and what? Class action lawsuits, spend more money? No. I, 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 I think what that date was meant to do was give these gentlemen confidence and that they should feel credible about Deep Root's plans and it's not just a joke because they put a date in writing. But we all know, in the world of pinball, the greatest way to sort of miss a deadline is to create a deadline. And that happens all the time with with all the other manufacturers out there. We're gonna, this is gonna ship in two weeks, in two weeks. You know, speaking of deadlines, I think I went back on, on Facebook and Christopher Franchi's podcast, he's gonna kill me for saying this, his podcast, I think they announced it would be out in two weeks. I think sometime, I want to say like June or July of, of 2018. So it's a, they've missed it by just, you know, just about like half a year. But we're, we'll get there. I know it's coming out soon. And speaking of Mr. Franchi, um, our, our our sincerest like condolences to the shittiest thing that happened. The, a water pipe above his office broke open 
and just flooded his office. I mean, I don't know if you saw the photos, but it, it sucked. It was like devastating. And it, it took out his Beatles machine. Um, it just it sucks. And, and we always hate to see anyone who goes through some sort of like disaster within their home or their, or their game room uh, where a game is like destroyed. So Chris, we're, we are really sorry that that happened. That, that completely sucks. So um, hopefully... Yeah, Stern, and we'll get you a new one. I think I think I saw you and George going back and forth. So it looks like everything's replaceable. I mean, that's the other thing too is whenever anything happens, whether you know your your, your warehouse burns down or you, this or that, or as long as you're you're okay, that's that's the most important thing. All right, what else is going on in Pimmel? Anything? Uh, Alice Cooper Nightmare Castles. I don't know where they are. I haven't seen them. Um, I'm actually going down this week in pinball. Have you guys donated yet to this week in pinball? The Twippies are up, but you still should support Jeff. Great Lakes Pinball. Who? Great Lakes Pinball. Uh, this is a new pinball startup company that is creating their first title called Expose. And they hired artist Tom Deja as they announced this on Facebook. All right. I don't really know who Great Lakes Pinball is, and I again, they. So here's here's the thing. I, I don't know who these guys are. They're making a pinball game. They've released a teaser image. They've even already told you the name of the game Expose. Uh, and I here's here's my take. Why why are we ha- getting another pinball company that clearly just doesn't know how to do this? And, and by that, I mean, and this is why I'm sorry, but I'm just out of patience. I'm out of patience with all these boutique startup pinball companies and their inability to remain secret until they actually have something that's worth showing. There's absolutely no point in saying, hey, we're here, we're a new pinball company and we have nothing to show you and we're working hard behind the scenes and why? It's, it's, like, it's like these people need some sort of early attention. What does that get you? So is so when you walk around shows, people, oh, those are the guys from Suncoast Pinball, and those are the guys working on Expose. And it, do you want your company to be successful, or are you just doing it for shits and giggles? And when you do stuff like this, I kind of feel like they're they're just doing it for the fun of doing it, and that and, and that may be fine. That may be fine. But if you want to actually make a pinball company that makes money that is successful in getting a product to market, we've we've all seen that this is the approach you don't take, which is you just reveal yourself to the world before you're ready. There, there's just no point. I, I, there, there, I, you know, the saturation of this market and how much more difficult it is to get a game off the ground now is harder than ever before. And I think that error of, we're, you know, we're just a bunch of good guys making a pinball machine and we're just doing it for fun, I would assume that most people who have the time to actually start a pinball company, this will then become your full-time job, and I want you to succeed. Do not get me wrong. I am not here tearing down Suncoast Pinball, but you've made mistake number one, which is you've revealed yourself to the world. Why? There's just no need to do it. you got to wait until you have something to show. At least don't give the game title. What does that do? What? what, what, It's like... Why start teasing something that's not finished? You start teasing something that's done. Then you go into your tease strategy because then you work back from a launch date. It's just so simple, but yet it's so hard for some people to figure out. All right. All right. Anything else going on in pinball that we should talk about? 
Um, let me see. I, I'm, I'm on pin side right now, and I'm not seeing anything completely new or like out of the ordinary. Uh, anything new at Stern? We're getting the same rumors over and over again about Tron Vault Edition. It's the same rumor every year. If, if I guess the question is, if they do Vault Tron, what do you want to see? I would love to see Christopher Franchi do the original Tron art package on it. I think that would look really cool. I would like to see it come with a color DMD. Isn't color DMD a thing now for Tron? Yes, I think someone made one. So why can't Stern like work with the color DMD company and just install it in every game from day one? That would be cool. I don't think it needs like a full new LCD. Uh, I think new artwork on that game would go a huge way. Also, the other thing would be really cool, uh, other than the, you know the fiber optic ramps, which I think will be on it. But imagine if Stern actually went to all the people who made great mods for that game. And imagine if they just installed those mods into the Vault Edition and, and then released it to us. They, they probably won't do that. That's not Stern's style. They don't need to do that because if they reveal you know, Tron Vault Edition, they know they've got probably a sales killer because people have been waiting for this title for a long time. So we'll see. I, I, I've sort of... I don't really, you know, the Stern Vault approach, it's anyone's guess. Uh, we, you know, I, I'll say this though too. It, sometimes when it happens, it's a blessing and a curse. Sometimes it completely ruins an excitement around a title that existed before but no longer exists because it was vaulted. Uh, I, I, I look at ACDC Lucy like that. I mean, Lucy used to be this rare version of ACDC because it was a premium. They didn't make that many of them. And owning a Lucy was something very special. And you had this special little community of Lucy owners who prided themselves on having one. And then once they vaulted it, it overnight, it was, it was like, now now that game has no prominence. Then no one really cares. It, you, you just have to own it if you want to have fun with it. <laughs> it's just, you know, sometimes there's, there's a, when, when Stern completely destroys the collectability of one of their collectibles, is it fun? Like Tron LE right now for a lot of people is that game. But if they release Tron Vault with nicer art and some improvements and the fiber optic ramps and put the Daft Punk multi-ball in it, your Tron LEs are gonna be worse shit. And and, and that's just, and you know, I, I think we see from history, I don't think Stern cares. I, I, they're all about, you know, they're not about giving you the collectible. They're giving about giving you the best pinball experience uh, on the planet and they don't they could care less about the collectability side of the hobby even though they like continue to take money from the collectors because they know no one else is satiating them i can see ed robertson being like you finally understand canada you finally get it uh, i i'm actually saying that in a way that like i don't know i think the collectors have sort of been hoodwinked by a lot of of, of what's been going on over at stern because i don't think these le's are, are, are really collectible I, I, they would like us to believe that but I don't think that's the case. So I want to play the Munsters really badly. I think that's one game that is shipping right now. And I need to go find who has it in New York City and jump on one. Because it's going to be um, it's going to be just fun to flip it. I've heard so much back and forth on this game. And I, I think here's where I think the Munsters is going to net out. And, and I think the Munsters is going to net out as being... One of the visually most beautiful games Stern has released. 
I do think the Munsters theme, I've always said this, is a little niche, and I think that nicheness will wear thin on people quickly who are not really fans of the show. I think if you're a big fan of the show, I think this game is going to be one that you enjoy. And I think if you're not the best pinball player, if you're not you know, super skilled, if you're not the kind of guy that puts up a billion points every time you flip, you know, I see these guys being like, well, if I don't, when they play Batman and they're like, well, if I, if I don't get freeze and then bookworm on ball one, then I restart the game. And I'm thinking to myself, what? I, I like never, I, I, if I do that, it's like once a month or, you know, I, that, and I feel a sense of accomplishment because I can do that. But these guys who, who can, who can like jail eight minor villains in one game, I feel like pinball must not be as, you don't, you don't get such an essential accomplishment when you play pinball like that and, and it, you're just so so you're so fixated on a high score my whole point is like so what when you're playing in your home i don't care at all about high scores i just want to get to fun modes and i think what people have been saying in monsters is people have been slamming dwight and saying he doesn't care he only works nine to five and that's all bullshit like if you don't know what dwight does uh when it comes to working on a pinball machine i heard these guys were working around the clock to get this code to where it was the fact that Stern released Munsters with .90 code is 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 good. What do you want to go back to like Batman .65? And for those of you thinking it's going to be a Lyman Sheets game, it's not. It never will be. If you compare them to Lyman Sheets, you're going to be disappointed. But I also am hearing there is a lot of depth in the game that people don't quite know about yet and haven't been to yet. And there's different levels of different multi-balls and wizard modes and all that shit. And maybe, maybe you should just play it and maybe, yeah, maybe if you're an expert player, the game is too easy for you, doesn't have enough depth. But if you're like one of these pinball wizards and you are like, I put up four or five billion points, then yeah, you're relegated to only buying a pinball machine from Keith or Lyman Sheets. Like that's, you're sorry, but maybe the other games are just never going to have the level of depth for you. But also if I'm stern and I'm coding games, I don't give a shit. If the 1% of guys that are pinball wizards are unhappy, I'm here to make a game that's satisfying to the majority of my buyer base. And the majority of Stern's buyer base can't get to the deep wizard modes and can't you know, put up a billion points. They made this game a little bit easier. Guess why they made it a little bit easier? So people could have fucking fun with it. And maybe once in a while, we could get a machine where people who buy Stern games actually feel like they're accomplishing something in the game. And if you if that's too easy for you, so what? But I'll say this. I bet 90% of people who buy Stern pinball machines are, are like me, are like Frolic, are like Iceman. Like we enjoy our games. Every once in a blue moon, we put up a billion score game. We don't do it every time. And for you freaks of nature who put up like 200 billion points on Batman or whatever, like 80 billion, you are... You're, you're just, nothing will ever satisfy you. And a company should never make a game for you because if they did, nobody else would be happy. And so I think Monsters has been unfairly sort of slammed by people who haven't even played it yet and, and go play it. And if it is easier, if it is easier, I, okay. Like I, I'm fine with that because here's, what's th- here's the thing about Stern. And here's the thing. If you want a game that's got more depth, that's got better theme, you could go buy a Batman Premium tomorrow and have one of Lyman Sheets' greatest game, and you can buy a, a brand new one new in box. 
Well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you just go do that if that's, if that's what you're looking for? Sometimes we forget and we judge Stern as if they're only making one game. Go to sternpinball.com and look at games for sale. It's fucking embarrassing to everybody else how little they offer when Stern will get you a new game inbox based upon all these themes at once. So you don't like that? What about this? You don't like this? What about that? That I mean, it, it literally, you got to stop looking at Stern Games in a vacuum. This company does not, not exist in a vacuum. They don't create a portfolio of products in a vacuum. It's, it's like going to a restaurant and, and, and thinking the only thing on the menu is going to be steak. But they're like, we have seafood. We have this. We have vegetables. Oh, but, but this steak, this steak just doesn't give me the same flavor as the lobster I was looking for. Well, but we also offer lobster over here. No, no, no. I'm going to focus on this steak. And that's how it is with the Munsters. I'm only going to look at this game and I'm going to completely criticize this game 100% in a vacuum. And, and I think Stern released Munsters to be a little bit more of a simple, fun game to go alongside another game that is also simple and easy to understand and is a lot of fun to play. And that is Monster Bash. And if you don't think this is like a, a response to Monster Bash, it is a little bit. And that's okay because Monster Bash is also considered to be one of the most fun and best games ever by a lot more people than the than the naysayers. So that's the, and that's always going to be that is always going to be the great divide in this hobby. Th- there, that is the tournament player versus the collector home buyer. They're not always the same. The majority of people who buy these games are not tournament players. Do not let the 10 to 20 like tournament freaks of pinball nature people on pin side destroy your ability to walk up to a game and make your own opinion about it. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. Cuz I've been to the tournaments, man. I'll tell you what's not fun. I'll tell you and like look, it's it's not fun when I go to see these guys on league night and tournaments slapping the machines, throwing them around, cursing, throwing hissy fits. Like they're so they're so like invested in it and they get so mad and like and then it it doesn't look like fun to me and then at the end of it all after all these hours of doing all this they like hold up 40 bucks and are like look at what i won i mean part of me was tempted i'm not going to do it the first place winner at the new york city pinball tournament gets 1500 dollars. canada was going to offer 1501 dollars the last place finisher i thought that would have been funny but (laughs) but i'm not doing it i hope they have a great tournament i will not be there don't worry uh, but anyway, this is episode 309 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Uh, we will be back soon. Uh, there's not going to be as much news, so we'll get some interesting people to talk to. I've got a guest that I want to come on who has nothing to do with pinball, but she would be great. It, it, my financial advisor, I want to talk to her about when you should think about buying pinball machines and how it should fall into your financial portfolio. Right? No one's ever had that conversation. But I know for you out there, don't you have that conversation with your financial advisors? If if you don't have a financial advisor, everybody should. But if you do, don't they want to know? Because you will list. It's funny. When, when I look at my financial assets on there, our pinball machine assets and arcade games, it's kind of funny to see that on, on a spreadsheet next to a Dodge Demon and like 401k and stock and all that shit. Anyway, everyone, have a great Monday. Hopefully, you're getting over the food coma from the Super Bowl. And we'll be back real soon. Hello.